You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 278. Yeah, a couple of announcements. Uh, number one, make sure you follow the feedback uh, on Instagram. Uh, check out the archive. I just had the Can't Even Comedy folks out of L.A. who now live in Austin, Texas, uh, do producing comedy shows here. So go check that out. I've had tons of funny people on this podcast. Uh, if you want to go all the way back and learn more about the Austin scene, uh, go back to the archive. There's plenty of people uh, I've talked to, including the mayor and uh, a bunch of uh, DJs, artists, musicians, uh, bookers, door guys, bartenders, you name it. I've talked to all of them. Uh, but, and second announcement, uh, record play will be back in January, uh, the R&B edition. So if you're not familiar with record play, it's a music trivia comedy show that I produce, uh, here in Austin. So brush up on your R&B because we're going to be testing you, uh, talking about, I mean, we're going to be doing lifting battles, dance battles, uh, trivia, finish the lyrics, all that, all that good stuff. So, uh, make sure you follow Record Play Live on Instagram. I'll be announcing the date uh, pretty soon. Now, I am so excited about this get about these guests I got on today. You have no, I've, they've been on my dope shit for years. They've been part of my life for twenty some years. Uh, I can't say enough about these guys. I, I, yeah, this is like meeting my heroes right now. Seriously. I'm trying to I'm trying to like not put any much too, too much pressure on you guys right now. But I got DJ Static and Professor Groove from We Funk Radio. Holy shit, I am over excited. Uh how you doing guys? Thank you so much for tuning in. Great to be here with you, man. Like, you know, like, we we've been in, in touch like for, for years and years, but this is like this is great to kinda like see you like live and at least in the you know the zoom window <laughs> yeah I, I was telling static like this is a bucket list <laughs> like i had to talk to these guys uh so if you're not familiar with we funk radio i mean they've been around since 1996 uh they have over 1100 shows of you know soul funk hip-hop breaks uh you name it all over the world playing music from all over the world um, it's basically two hours of nonstop music, just dope music. Like you can't, it's one of those, like you can just play it and play it in the background and you're going to learn some shit too. This, that's, that's where I geek out on, on, on Funk. Um, and so full playlist, you know, they, they have it all. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much to it. There's so much I want to talk about, <laughs> talk to these guys <laughs> about. Um, but how, what was it about music for you guys? I guess I'll, I'll start with, with you, Groove. Uh, like growing up, like, cause you, you're the funk guy, mm. right? So what was it about funk growing up? Was it like the, uh, parents had a vinyl collection story or what was it? I mean, it? Uh, not exactly that. They did have, you know, they, they had a couple of like small shelves of vinyl, but it was like the, the, the funkiest it got was like maybe there was a Who record in there. No, like it was really, um, like co discovering college radio when I was in high school, uh, mm -hmm. and like we we had a good one near us, and like that that opened the the like my the doors to my ears to like to mix metaphors, like you know to a whole bunch of stuff, like from you know gospel to like hardcore and like punk and stuff. But but really, like it was it was like one show in particular. I think they just called it Funky Mondays, but like it was a three hour show, like in a kind of like very typical kind of like 
college radio sprawling kind of like long long format just playing a lot of music and they would start off with some jazz mm-hmm. uh they would ease into some funk and then into hip-hop you know kind of like roughly across those three hours mm-hmm. and wow man like i loved all of that but like there was something about you know i was i was avidly into like taping stuff off the radio like making my little mixtapes and pause tapes and stuff uh and and so i have like a i still have a shelf of of uh, stuff that i taped off uh that show that was really that what got me hooked in and then like it was just it was just a journey like once i knew it was out there i was i was listening like trying to trying to hear and when we when we started uh you know when i when i dipped my toes into radio like back when i moved to montreal like that was like a, a natural thing for me to dive even further into and we funk has become like that 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 journey for me like kind of like as i discover it like it gets played in the playlist pretty much what about you static Oh man, I got into music like what uh, back in junior high. Oh, even no, it goes back further than that. It's uh, in the '80s when I moved here from Hong Kong. Here, being a, a Vancouver, kids were uh, passed me tapes. It was uh, like dub tapes. It was like I didn't. I only realized after the fact it was like probably one of the most important periods. It was like Big Daddy came, Run DMC. I had tapes like Ice T, Ice Cube. Oh man, well, yeah, just, I had a lot of tapes that, uh, kids were like passing over to me and, and that really resonated with me. And, and it's funny too, because I was mouthing lyrics and they were just words because I didn't speak English at the time. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> right. I can totally relate right? to that. So, um, just, uh, yeah, BDP, man, I still have some of those tapes that they're like, uh, definitely like a big part of my, my hip hop journey. Um, but it was all hip hop at the time. Yeah, it was no, it was it wasn't all that. There was like I remember there's like Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses mixed in with her uh, with those <laughs> tapes. <laughs> but I, I gravitated like like Nick was saying, like you're presented with a lot of things. You're young, you're open to everything, but you kind of start finding your lane. And uh, yeah, the hip hop's what I, I gravitated towards from a young age. And there, there's these like corny kind of rap compilations called rap tracks. Those, uh, I remember those. Um, but yeah, I really got it deep into it, uh, through, uh, college radio too. Vancouver wasn't like a very hip hop history with a long hip hop, uh, <laughs> a city with a long hip hop history, but one show held it down and just was like, uh, introduced the, all the youth, uh, into the culture. It was called, uh, the uh, crispy biscuit show and uh that just shaped the whole scene because uh, the the DJ Kilo C had uh he had hookups in New York he had all the the vinyl like and he was getting all the vinyl he was playing um on two turntables which no like very few other shows was doing at the time he was mm-hmm. doing a proper mix show the host was a like a an old New York head from uh New New York New Jersey area grew up in the and, uh, yeah, came out west, like, I think with the military and then settled in Vancouver. So, uh, they really laid the groundwork for, for the hip hop scene in Vancouver in a big way. Uh, um, that was a college yeah. radio too. That was just a radio. That thing. was, that was, uh, actually it's, it's co-op. So it's a community radio. They have no college affiliation, wow, but it's nonprofit. Was that a, it's was that a candidate radio. thing? Cause I never heard, like, especially at that time, like there was, 
Was there like a policy that was passed? Like, okay, now we got to yeah, have all I, these I don't radio stations? No, because most most stations like that, even in Canada, are are college affiliated. Mm-hmm. I don't know too many kind of non-profit community radio stations that, that aren't. But Co-op in Vancouver is one of them. They have a, a kind of free range, like a wild range of music shows, also a lot of very... Um, have uh, political uh, political shows focus uh, just on grassroots organizing and different community issues and stuff in Vancouver. Wow, that's interesting. We, yeah, yeah, we didn't have any of that. We we had a so growing up in France, there yeah. was a law that was passed in, in the nineties because I mean French hip hop was already like booming at that time, right, right. And and the law was passed that said, hey, would either uh, every radio station was required to play? I think it was like forty percent French music. So that's when a lot we of radio stations were like, yeah, okay, yeah. we'll play French hip hop then because that's the thing that that's popping right, right now. Yeah. Um, but a lot of those DJs were going to back and forth, you know, to New York and getting records and that's yeah. how we discovered a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the, the hip hop that was out. Um, but yeah, would you, would you mouthing <laughs> lyrics when you're a kid too? I, I was, yeah. I, I was doing the same thing, man. I had a I had a binder of right. hip hop lyrics like oh, this wow. thick. There's yeah. a there's a website called the Original Hip Hop Lyrics Archive. Are you familiar with that? No, not not that one. It still no, exists to this day, and they yeah. have every lyrics to every song of every artist. I kid you not. Okay. In right. text form, and I would print yeah. them out, and I would just learn. I would just, I didn't know what the hell I was saying, but I knew the words were right. So right. that's how I I learned my English too. It was Wu Tang, it was Mob Deep, it was Busta yeah, Rhymes, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. all of that. And, <laughs> and I, I I would get on the bus going to school, and I had my headphones on. I would just like I just be in my head like, bring the motherfucking ruckus. <laughs> you <laughs> know how it is. like, oh shit, yeah. back is here. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. mean I, that that's that's a very common uh, story for um from people who didn't like who learn English or a language by listening yeah. to uh to music that that's dope man that's dope but m- my connection was really um when i got to college in 2000 and i had winamp remember mm. winamp <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and then you guys were smart because when you look up <laughs> on a hip-hop rap you got you had parentheses around we funk so you were first <laughs> on that list that i was, that, I'd love was to that say that was a master plan but you know that was just i liked how it looked uh, but that really? did well for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a like, yeah. Oh, it wasn't just say it was a master all. plan. Just, just say oh, we knew we wanted to <laughs> just be. I mean, we it, yeah. it at the end. I was just trying to be like a little bit, you know, what could you do with text? Like, you know, a little bit more fancy, <laughs> like like radio waves, I guess maybe or something. Uh, but yeah, we had like the three parentheses around yeah. the side and, uh, you know, alphabetization. It worked, man. Cause like that's, that's when I started. I was like, cause at the time, I was wondering who was playing, because that's when I was deep into underground hip-hop. Right. And I was we like, okay, too. who's playing, like, the J-Live and the Arsonist mm-hmm. and the Artifacts and all those guys? Because I, I was deep into that. And then you came up, and I, and I was like, okay, this is it. That's it. I don't need anything else. I don't need <laughs> <laughs> And then it, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff came around. I'm like, no, I'm good. You guys are my Spotify. I don't, I don't need... I don't think needed to curate Spotify, yeah, more for oh yeah, yeah. But no uh, algorithm just, just yeah, just hard. <laughs> so what, what was the the moment when you're like, okay, now I'm going to DJ? Now that you've like, you're you got this all these tapes, 
uh, and you're listening to, you know, funk for you, Nick, and then uh, hip hop uh, for static. Like, what was it? What was the step into DJing? What was that like? Well, I had uh, in junior high, my uh, one of my best friends was DJ school dances. Mm-hmm. We were like way before like we could go to clubs. Uh, that's how I, I, I got into DJing. It was through a mix of that. Like uh, I had access to tables through my friend. And uh, listening to that mix show I was telling you about, uh, Crispy Biscuit, mm-hmm. where he, he is super nice. He's like technical. Like just, he, he's been nice since the 80s. It's still nice. Um, just at that time, there's no YouTube, nothing late 80s, early 90s. It was just like reverse engineering and just, yeah, it's just experimentation, like messing around on turntables, listening to like cuts on songs and just trying to recreate what I hear. Um, you were, were crate digging already? You were going to record stores and getting your man, own stuff? I was, uh, got the first records in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like, uh, artifacts, the, some of the early doubles were like Black Moon. I got artifacts, I think, uh, Rouse Out of the Tracks. Um, yeah, around that time, I think 93-ish, around there. What about you, Grove? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, it was actually like when we started We Funk was really like when I started DJing. Like, I, I was comfortable with putting together a radio show because I was already like putting together my own mixtapes, mm-hmm. uh, like dubbing them for friends and stuff. Uh, so like the idea of putting together a show, like a set of, of music, I guess, like I, I had a sense of what that was about. But, um, yeah, we, we started the radio show. I, I think I was probably just bringing in like tapes and CDs the first, uh, you know, the first year of that, but I uh, started buying vinyl, started tagging along with Static when he was playing house parties and stuff. And, uh, you know, like I, I seriously didn't, for a long time, I didn't have a turntable. For a very long time, I didn't have like 12, a, a pair of 1200s. Like I would, I was, for a while, I was like playing out in clubs. Like we, we were doing nights like for B-boys and stuff. And like, I would, like that was my practice right there was playing on the decks. Uh, like I, I didn't have like decks to, to play on at home for a long time. Unless mm. I static Radio like show or clubs. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, that was exactly it. So like, you know, the, the my DJ journey kind of started with, with the, when, when we funk was born. Oh, wow. That did you know what you were doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. To, I mean, to a, an extent, I, you know, I listened back there are some early shows that I have on tape that are not in the archive. And it's not to say they're atrocious, but they're inconsistent. Uh, at least on my side, static, uh, static already had the gift, but um, no, I mean, I think I had a sense of like, like how to like put together a set and like I had a musical background. So the idea of like, like putting music together and hearing what's in one song and what's in another song, and putting it together, oh. I had a sense of that. There was a lot of kind of like practice along the way to, to refine that. Um, but like the mechanics of DJing, yeah, that was just kind of like on the job training right there. Wow, that's I think we learned a, a lot, um, playing, um, uh, rock deep, which was a, a weekly yeah. club night that we did for dancers. It was on a Tuesday. So it wasn't like a, a very like big with a, just a weekend, whatever crowd, but, uh, yeah, we brought in a lot of guest DJs and we played with a couple of other kind of pretty experienced DJ residents too. And that was a pretty big kind of influence on both of us, I think, DJing wise. That was really pivotal. Yeah. Like, um, not just kind of getting out and, 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 and like getting kind of the exercise of, of DJing, um, you know, getting it into your fingers, but also like playing for street dancers, like just feeling that energy and, and understanding like how, 
how to bring the energy and how to like so that the uh, so that the the room gets even more live. Like that was yeah. a pivotal experience. Were you extending the break for like three or four minutes? Just like okay. I, I mean, I didn't, have, I didn't have a lot of doubles. No, I mean, I, yeah, I wasn't exactly like a cool herc up there, but. Um, but you know, understanding, like, you know, being able to like look at the record and tell, okay, the breaks there, like just uh-huh. the grooves and all of that. Yeah. Like that, a lot of that came from there. So y'all got paired up, I guess, randomly. I mean, it made the, it makes perfect sense. You know, there's funk, there's hip hop, let's make a show. What was the pitch like? I mean, yeah, we, we got paired up, like, that's the story. We got paired up randomly on a training show, like a, mm-hmm. a weekly 15 minute show that, that ran for uh, two months. And like, that was just a thing that they, when people came into the, the radio station CKUT and they wanted to get some trainings, like, here, we have this training show. You can come on. You'll uh, look up the community announcements and, and announce it. And the other person's going to play some music in the breaks. And mm-hmm. then after four weeks, like, you switch places. Uh, so you both get to learn the board. You both get uh, like at least a little comfortable in front of the microphone. Um, but like we, so we each had a chance to like pick the music that, that was going to be played, um, during the show at, at different times. And I think that's when we kind of realized, oh yeah, like we, we liked each other's music. We realized that it clicked like funk and hip hop, uh, like at, at that time, especially like with like the, the samples, like they were just inextricably, you know, kind of mm-hmm. you know, linked and, and feeding off each other. So yeah, it kind of made, made sense. We both wanted to like actually do a show. So like do it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had been wanting to do a show since like listening to that, that big show, that crispy biscuit. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was kind of like my, my take on, uh, or, or me just like, uh, putting into action the dream I always had, like growing up because I, I would take that show, like not like Nick, but with two hour tapes, it's like every Tuesday religiously, like midnight to one, uh, uh, side one and then flip it over and catch <laughs> yeah. the whole two hours. But sometimes they go on. Because they, they were the last show, so they would run to like four or six in the morning sometimes. <laughs> if, if, if they got a live cypher going on, a lot of people would just hang out in the studio, whatever, smoking, drinking, some out-of-town guests passing through. Um, like one of our recent guests, King Otto, he was like reminiscing about like jamming out on the decks till six uh, on that show. So, yeah, that's a lot of fun. That was a great blueprint. Like I didn't even realize it because it came to me. It came filtered through you, Static. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like your your sense of what like, what we could put together in the show, but like, you know, uh, focusing on like like sample moments and putting like originals together with the the hip hop tracks. Um, you know, having people live and freestyling on the air, beatbox, yes. like that. Yeah, like, butter diapers. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. Shout you out, know? butter. Yeah, yeah. It gave so much like kind of life to the show. But so y'all knew that was gonna be the format, like okay, we're gonna play funk and hip hop, and then a couple hours, and then did you guys know that, or was it, was it totally different at the time? For me, a lot of things were like very loose, and a, a lot of things like came about organically, yeah. like uh, the 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 cipher and the the bring in the community community was as uh, I became more involved in the Montreal community, I I started having a lot more connections, and everyone kind of. Uh, work with each other and help each other. So, uh, like a lot of MCs and, and, and musicians, vocalists, singers, uh, um, that I came into like contact with, uh, were, were happy to jump on. And that, that's how we got into a lot of the, uh, live ciphering. Like, of course, there's like Community Vibe Collective that they're like a massive collective of musicians and vocalists and, um, 
is Montreal that 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 was like the backbone of like funk soul R and B for mm-hmm. like decades. Um and they they we definitely tapped a lot of those talents. Um there was also yeah, like the, back back in the day, like, you know, uh, people used to call in like li- like live a lot, and, and a lot of times, like especially like they hear a hip hop show, they're like, "Call up, yo, can I spit a freestyle on it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's like, like we're gonna drop the sixteen real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radio really pushed that, and uh, it kind of overflowed to our world too. Shout out the hook, yeah, another long running show still up and running. But they gave you free reign as far as what you could do. Yeah, complete free reign. Wow, that is yeah. Dope, college radio man. is a real blessing. It's, college radio, especially later in the day, like is really uh, like anything goes. But yeah, yeah the midnight we, slot. Yeah, we were All on right. at midnight, and and that was like, um, you know, I think in in general at CKT, like it, it's it's like pretty kind of wide open. Like it, it's it's like already yeah. kind of follow, follow their vision there's not like not really restrictions on what you can play they don't want you like going and playing like all commercial hits all the time but mm-hmm. um but you know beyond that like find you know find find your journey but um especially like it especially in terms of language and stuff like from midnight to six <laughs> they didn't even if somebody complained like it, there was not much for them to like complain about like it, it was it was kind of yes. wide open for us so yeah we never never had to worry about like oh do i have a clean edit of that or or whatever like we, yeah we could just play whatever wow that that is dope to have that it, that's that goes for every show on CKUT i think pretty much and and well at least in the overnight hours uh, oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense cuz over here it's like all you know edits clean yeah, yeah. It's got like like internet radio before like internet radio because like that was like the the wild west of FM radio, right, uh, right, up here right. In Canada. Right. Well, was there anybody else doing something similar somewhere else? Maybe was there uh, a blooper? I mean, besides the show you were listening to, Static. There's a lot like- of hip hop shows, hip hop mix shows, but our our, our strength was or what what uh, made us stand apart is is the funk element. Because we really, there's a, there's good funk shows, like funky revolutions, mm-hmm. hip hop, like there's like, like, like straight on hip hop shows that are really good. Uh, we kind of more like put the, bring the two together and that, that's kind of our signature. Yeah, very deliberately kind of like half half because it was the two of us and we were both mm-hmm. kind of coming, converging on the same point, like, but kind of coming with, with, with different selections, uh, and trading offsets. So it ended, naturally ended up being, kind of half and half. I think like I remember that there were a bunch of DJs especially back, you know, mid 90s when that was happening like that would have they would have like their little like mini crate of like samples that they could run through. Mm-hmm. Um and and there were radio shows that that played that, but I don't really remember yeah, like any shows that really combined hip hop, funk and soul like in 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 that kind of balance like we did. So I mean, yeah, what, we, we, sorry god. Yeah, we really like when deep into the 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 funk side in a way that a lot of hip hop DJs don't, right? Like uh like like you're saying, people have there's still like shows well I'm I'm not gonna name names. I, I listen to up to this day where hip hop DJs play the same funk breaks that we've all been hearing, right? <laughs> from from the seventies. Like uh they never like went deeper into the funk realm. Whereas like thanks to Nick, like we have someone who's dedicated <laughs> to the funk and exploring it again deeper every week right and, and I love, yeah i like i love all that stuff all, all of the side of the funk and, and and the breaks that connects with hip-hop and so like mm-hmm. that was kind of the glue 
that that kind of like transition between our sets but but for sure like since the beginning for me like there's there's a kind of a realm of funk which is not exactly that that's you know further than like just kind right. of the, that you would sample for a hip-hop song and i love that too and so this yeah. is has to dive into that and really kind of weave it all together and understand yeah. that, like we're how not limited cool. to the that like over the cross section no yeah, I, I think i think it's a that's a good um that's a good thing to have because I, I mean i don't know how many times i listen to a, to a track and i'm like oh that's a sample from blah 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 that's a sample from blah 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 and so and, and i think that uh, I would say over the past, I would say ten years or so, live DJ has been doing that more, but they do it with songs that everybody knows, right? right, right. So you'll play, uh, you know, the what's it called? The uh, what's like Kanye's song? She gave me gold digger. Yeah, yeah. Now gold digger. You play the, yeah. you know, you'll play the. Um, I'm blanking out. The Ray Charles. Yeah, Ray Charles, of course. Ray Charles, and then he get into that. So right. now, yeah. and then I was like, oh, okay, I see, I see what they're trying to do here, but it's always the same ones. You know, what I mean, no, nobody goes back and says, okay, what was what was the sample to you know Mob Deep Survival of the Fittest? You know, something like that. Yeah, uh, and I, I always believe I'm I'm from the school of it. It's like a DJ's job is to educate. Yeah, and be like, bro, there's, there's so much to this music <laughs> thing than just listening to it. Uh, right. And there, there's a, there's a narrative, there's a journey, there's a, oh, you know this song? Well, if you know this song, then check out this one. You might not know about it just yet, but I'm telling y'all, this is the, this is gonna be the dope one. Or you go backwards and be like, okay, well, if you like this song, then let me tell you about the artists who, uh, who did that back in the '70s. Um, so I always thought of it as an educational process, which I'm surprised to find out with the following that you guys have, especially all over the world, that that's a lot of people gravitate towards that. It's not just I'm listening to music and that's it. You know what I mean? That there's a much deeper meaning behind what you guys are doing. And I've always like, I mean, I'm a geek, so I, I'll I'll geek out over. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many favorites I have songs. I have at least like 20 per show. I can't, I can't keep up no more. I really can't. Um, I, I like to add on to that. Like I've, I've always loved, and I've, I feel like I've had this conversation many times with many different like uh, We Funk listeners that I've had a chance to meet. Like when we've been touring, um, people say, "Yeah, you know, I started listening to We Funk, and I was really into hip hop." Um, and then, but like after a while, like like the, um, you guys turned me on to funk too. Yeah. Or. or like half the time it's the reverse story, right? Like they're, they, they're into the funk. They didn't really think much of, of hip hop, but then, you know, it, it over time it stuck to them. Like, and I love that because, um, what I love about doing radio is like, I, I just, when I just, when, when I find music and, and, and love it, I want to share it, uh, so that someone else can enjoy it. So like the idea that, that, that we're able to kind of like, you know, create that path for people that they can, that they can kind of get into a side of music that, that maybe they weren't even considering, um, that, that we, Static and I both love like that's amazing. What are the gateway drug? Yeah, yeah. Every time I, I, I mean, I've turned so many people on to you guys, and I'm like, look, look at this playlist. How many shows are you going to listen to? Oh, there's some raw airs after some Michael Jackson, and there's some tribe, there's some German funk you never heard of, and then right. so, and then some uh, Fela Kuti, and then some Common, and then some artists from Montreal. I'm like, name another show where you can do that, and Spotify is not doing that. 
Like I've I've looked up artists on Spotify from the We Funk show, and it's not on there. So yeah, yeah. It's, no, there's definitely something. No, we, yeah, we still have like like for for a long time. It's like part of the kind of college radio scene. There's a lot of people servicing music, like whether it be reps for artists or even like artists directly uh, that hit us up, like uh, just. Yeah, they're, 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 they they can be like just bedroom kind of doing their thing, like not not really known or signed. But uh, yeah, we play artists of all levels. So that that's the good thing about uh, we funk. We're not really uh, yeah. If it's so, good, I, we'll play it. And like some of that stuff, like from way, like back in the day, like obscure hip hop singles from the late nineties, or oh yeah, or, or like a mix. That's even oh, digitized. Like third, third one on the B side, and that like it's not on the compilation. It's not yeah, on the yeah, album. Yeah, it's not on Spotify, but it's on. Mm-hmm. The yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I some of my music, yeah, for sure. So I, I gotta ask, Groove, like, how do you come up with your whatever your haiku or poem? Limerick. What is that? Every show. I mean, you gotta you gotta like publish that at some point. Like, these are my. Ooh, Somebody wow. suggested that. Yeah, a compendium of seriously because because I gotta say at, at first I was like. This is so. This is this is so deep, and and I I never heard. And it's like, it's like you come on to a live music show, and then somebody start, you know, doing some poetry before <laughs> going up. You're like, wait, what is that? What did he just? Say? I haven't heard this story. Like, how? Yeah, how did that come about? I, well, I'm I'm trying to remember because I've been doing it for. I don't know if it goes back to the first show. It goes back really early on. Um, you know, like the intro. We we had like. Uh, kind of a, a an intro, the beat that I put together from samples for I think like the first 500 V Funk episodes, and then at that point we're like, okay, well, maybe let's invite some friends to like, like produce some some different ones, and now those are in rotation. But like I think, like very early on, I don't know. I, I think I just wanted to write something introductory, like you know, to put over it. And I'm not, I am not an MC. Nobody will ever mistake me for that. Uh, I'm not a poet or whatever. And and some of the um, the delivery on some of the first ones is uh, pretty cringeworthy, but like I don't know, I, th- I think that was another that was part of the outlet um, that we funk became to like to just kind of like explore, like trying to come up with some little thing that's like um, you know that kind of like has has a little kind of like uh, has a nice sound to it, like it's not like too rhyming necessarily, but it's got a nice flow to it and uh, has some kind of connection to you know funk or hip hop or something. No, um, but it, it is it is smooth. I know. It's fun. And like, it's smooth, and you're like, "Who's this smooth operator talking?" Like, <laughs> I hope I get to hear him some more. I, well, I, at the time, my girlfriend was listening to it, and she was like, "I want to meet that dude." Yeah. <laughs> what is what is what is this? This is this is awesome. For the longest time, like, um, I lived about a 15 minute walk away from the radio, uh, the radio station. I would and I would walk over, like, you know, whatever the season, um, and I would just kind of like have the intro kind of loop in my headphones and I had like a little like slip of paper and I would be like jotting oh, wow. to come up with the intro. Uh, yeah, like a lot of those, um, like not anymore, but for many, many years, like I, I would I would just be writing those on the way in. It's like, it's got to be done by the time I step in the studio because yep, yep, yep. the microphone's coming on. And Pressure's on, yeah. Um, and so like I wrote many, many, many of those. Like the, these days, uh, I have kind of like a, a large kind of like cycle of them that that I just kind of go through and I pick my favorites uh, at a certain point, like after like writing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of these. I mean, like, thousands at this point. This is not yeah, even yeah, like, yeah. I, I've heard a show where you don't do it. 
I just no, no, no. It, it's a standard part of opening it. It's, it's just that they're not new anymore, but there's enough of them, uh, and I can kind of pick the ones that I that I really like. And sometimes I think about like you know which one kind of like has like, a vibe vibe just right with the guests that we're gonna have or yeah. you know or whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I wish you could do one right now, like on the spot. Oh. <laughs> No, I mean, they're not, not like, they're not off the dome. I don't have that talent. <laughs> you're like the Jay-Z of like oh, college yeah, radio. <laughs> Yo, seriously. Oh, I, I, I hope those get published eventually. Because <laughs> one, you can't stop and you can't stop. If, if, if you do an episode when you don't do it, you're going to get a lot of emails. But no, no, they're always going to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. good. Just make sure. <laughs> this <laughs> is the standard so- now. You can't like, nobody else does this. Nobody else. Wow. So I have really a stack absolutely. of those. I have a stack of those, like like those papers, like like with with big rubber bands, like you know, like the big rubber bands that you get off broccoli. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like that's my archive right now. Uh, so if someone wants to scan them and turn them into a coffee table, a book, a book, you can be my guest. Please, please. That that that's my only like, next anniversary. Yeah, there you go. Show two thousand. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, as far as like putting the, the show together. Um, Especially when you have a guest DJ. And by the way, like DJs that you have on, uh, from all over the world that like, I love it. I, I, I became a fan of Ruby Jane because she kills it every single freaking yeah. time. And I'm like, every time I see, it, I'm like, yeah, Ruby Jane is on. <laughs> um, but how do you, how do you go about putting the show together? I mean, like way back in the day, because we were talking about early days, like it was very fluid, like Static said, like, you know, we would kind of start, we would each have like um, kind of music picked out that we that, that we brought over and we would kind of figure out on the spot and it would really be kind of like, oh, okay, can you go on? I'll play one more and then, then you go on. Okay, cool. You know, like as, as you would if you're just kind of like uh, going back and forth uh, playing right. a club or something. Um, or, you know, I don't have anything after this one <laughs> if you want to jump on. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I thought you didn't have anything. <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, that's how, that's how it would flow during, during the show. Um, and then, like, I think, like, when I think we kind of realized that, like, a 20 minute or a 30 minute set, like, was a good kind of length for us to go back and forth. So it was enough time for each, us each to kind of get into a zone, right? And explore that. Uh, but then we're kind of switching it up a few times during the show so we can go in different places and kind of balance out the funk and the hip hop. Um, so like our basic format is basically like 20 minute sets each. Uh, and then, um, yeah, when we started, I guess it was when static moved out to Vancouver. Now we're not like live in the, in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like he's setting his sets out. And I think like we kind of like had to think about it a little bit more about how we kind of fit things together. And, uh, um, the timing of it all. And we started having a lot more guests. And so it was kind of like, okay, we asking them to do like two half hour sets, which is what we normally had people do in the studio, um, or like a full hour set. So like we have a few different like kind of configurations of how we'll put together the sets. We have a much kind of like, you know, we, we know much more clearly kind of what to expect and, and, and how to, how to work with it so that everything has its good amount of time in the mm-hmm. show. But that's kind of like how we organize it. Yeah, for me, it's like it drifted more from like a freestyle format, like in the early, like maybe up to the first 10 years to more like a mixtape kind of at least my yeah. my side. I, I try to put more uh, thought into the flow of my sets before it was like uh, I literally like grab a bag of records, 
uh, with, with some new release that I picked up that week, like in the early years, uh, and just go and play. Um, yeah, now it, it, it's, um, yeah, my sets are more thought out. Uh, Nick also gets my sets before he, he records his so he can like make sure the transitions work. And we both, and, and I was talking to Zara, one of our recent guests. It's, it's a challenge to try to tape, tailor our sets to the guest mix so that everything comes together nice, right? Mm-hmm. Like our, our, our guests come with so many different styles where it can be soulful, hardcore, like, uh, everything is, a, is, a, is, and I love that, that challenge because it allows yeah. me to, showcase different sides of me too and, and kind of step up to the plate and say okay i can do a bit of this even though they they go deeper into it yeah like you, you know back when we were doing everything live in the studio and mm-hmm. if we would have a guest come in and play like Maddox already picked out his records i already pick, picked out right mine. So, like it's kind yeah. of be like it's gonna play out like based on those ingredients but mm-hmm. now we can really like have a chance to and i think we're we've kind of become a bit more uh yeah, like d- deliberate and kind of like thinking about how to how to put together the show, like um, w- when like a show that floats really well, <laughs> like, like feels really good. So we try to capture that uh, every time. And so yeah, it's like really fun. Like like Sadie said, like trying to like figure out how to how to continue off what a what a guest has kind of set in their in their guest set because they haven't they may know what we do, but they haven't heard our sets. So like there there is is oh, like, okay, yeah. that, we, that we kind of get to figure out how we work our. So do you give them instructions or anything or? Uh, I, yeah, lately I've been giving instructions. They're like anti-instructions. They're basically, you don't have to play all the big whatever anthems you play in clubs. You can play personal favorites, like deeper album cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because uh, a lot of the recent guests ha- have been uh, familiar. They, they are familiar with the show. A lot of them, like, it's amazing. You said they got into DJing through listening to the show. Um, but yeah, that it's like like I was joking. They're the anti instructions. We tell them to don't you don't have to do certain things, and then we leave it wide open for them because right. we you know, trust the people we ask. Yeah, like we're we're approaching people like based on kind of like okay, that would be a good guess for we funk. Like they're naturally going to be able to bring something that fits in uh, to what we do. Like whether that means that it's kind of like straight down the center, and, and right. uh, or, or whether it means it's going to kind of expand like for us, like in, into something that, that is related, but kind of bring something that like, isn't either our, of our strengths. Mm-hmm. So then, so you just go, all right, do you, and we'll adapt to whatever, yeah, what, what, yeah. what are you sending over? Cause I, yeah. I love the, the personal remixes when you break right. I'm not a big fan of remixes. Cause I, there was, there was a period in the late two thousands where everybody was doing mashups and I hated them. Right. And, but, but, um, when I get to hear, hey, this is my take on this record, and it actually works. Like I, I don't like Michael Jackson remixes for the most part. And then I hear some, and I go, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like I, I kind of like that. So I like, I like when they bring in their own little, hey, this is this is what I worked on. I, I love that stuff. So, um, what about the 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 shout outs? Because I always wondered. I was like, okay, it's two hours of nonstop music. And then you have the like start of the guest DJ set and then the like the, the the book intro and then the book end of it. And then you get, I mean, people like Riza and Guru, 
My favorite is the one with the dude that goes Shabba Dib Stabba. I love it. <laughs> that, was, that, that was in France. Yeah, yeah that was in we were France, out on friends. the street. That yeah. was a dude that was. That was <laughs> we we're trying to record that drop with Lord Jazz. Like it's exactly what it sounds like on the. Yeah. Oh uh, man, we we're desperately trying to get this drop. From it was like one six in the morning. <laughs> we finished the gig, tired, about to get <laughs> breakfast, like we do on tour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's my, yeah, that's my favorite. So, do, do you um like how how did how did those happen? You they just met on you met met on tour, and you're like, hey, this is what we're doing. Can we get yeah, a drop? The, the, many different things. Like some, um, a lot of them. Like uh, back back in the the day, like in Montreal, I, I would hit up a lot of hip hop shows. Right, uh, if I get a chance to connect with uh, the artists, I would ask for a drop. Um, uh, also, we were in touch with a lot of kind of labels and reps. A lot of the the jobs are set up through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the smaller, more indie artists, uh, we would just hit up uh, like uh, directly, and they were gracious enough to bless us with uh, with jobs. So uh, yeah, um, a range of kind of different sources, but they and they're built up over a long time. It's not like we we go out looking for jobs every every week. Kind of thing. Right, right, right. Right, is like built up over twenty five years. Yeah, I mean, even the Bob Beto one is also dope because he's just talking, yes. "Wait, fuck." Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, that was after, yeah, like we, uh, I got a chance to interview him. I think that was when, when he played on our anniversary show. Uh, mm. so, you know, of course, like in that situation, we've already got them like on, on the phone patch. So it's like, Hey, you, yes. can you do a shout yes. out? So some of those came about that way. Mm-hmm. No, this is the, I mean, I've, I've learned so much as far as like, um, arts. I didn't know who XL Middleton is, but now it's right. like, mm-hmm. I got this, he came to Austin. He comes to Austin yeah. a lot, actually. Uh, and I saw him live with, what's the girl named Monique? Monique? Uh, Monica, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Loved it. And my, my son is all about Keep It Funkin. That's his track since he was two <laughs> years old. Is like, Keep It Funkin. Um, but how do you, at, at this point, do people just send you records or do you go out? Do you, I like, still buy a lot of records. I like mostly digital, you go to record stores still. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm mostly, I'm mostly digital now, but <laughs> I, 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 I scour Bandcamp like on the weekly. Um, I'm on iTunes, uh, also just buying tracks. Um, that's like kind of like the new format, but I, I still definitely just try to support the artists that I like and the new discoveries too, up and covers. I, I love Bandcamp. I'm, I'm a huge stand for, for, for Bandcamp and I'm always excited when. <laughs> Yeah, like I use it to like. There's definitely like, I don't even know how many like people I'm following on Bandcamp. It's a lot, you know, because when you know, like a guest will play something and be like, look them up. Oh, they're a Bandcamp. Okay, so I'll like follow them. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a large part of of how I keep up on new releases. Between that and just like, um, yeah, like there's some artists and 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 promo companies that uh, that will get the promo emails. Um, yeah, that's a large large part of like finding finding new new music. But I was taking into like, you know, just older stuff that I haven't discovered yet. Right. Cause I mean, at this point, I'm like, what do you not know? Especially with what? Cause I, a I lot. didn't know. I know it is. Oh, we like, love having guests. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, I didn't know there was Russian funk or, you know, Japanese soul or whatever. And it's, yeah. and you realize that this is like a worldwide thing. And just to be, cause I'm, 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 I'm a big, like, yeah, I don't listen to music just to listen to music. It's like, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's an experience for me. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge nerd, but I'm, I'm at a point where 
I mean, when I was a teenager, yeah, I would go to, you know, undergroundhiphop.com and check out who was doing what. You know, I would listen to, I would listen to you guys. And I'm like, oh, this is acrobatic. Cool. Who's this other dude named Rise? Who's this other dude, you know, uh, named Funky DL? And I'm like, and now I don't have the time. I'm, I'm a, I'm a grown man <laughs> with a kid. I don't, and I'm like, how do I discover stuff? By the way, I do subscribe to your, uh, Spotify playlist, Static. That's, word, word. that's, that's one way. But other, yeah. other than that, like, I don't have time to go digging for, for stuff. So that's why I rely on DJs who know their stuff. They'd be like, Hey, back. This is it. All right. This is that it hit favorite, favorite show, favorite song. And that, that's all I need. That's really all I need. Um, so what about the, so you guys have been able to sustain this model for 20 something years now. Uh, and it's all based on people donating, which is, I, I think is incredible, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's the foundation of a radio station. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a listener supported radio station. They get some money from the university, um, McGill, but like, yeah, every, every year there's a big, uh, pledge drive to, to raise money. And, um, I, I mean, I, I, I find that our, our funding drive shows, uh, like it's a lot of preparation for us and a lot of kind of like pressure and responsibility, but mm -hmm. I love how like it's a way of connecting with people that are listening. Like, and if people come out of the woodwork and you'll see like a lot of people like um, supporting like year, year upon year. Like I, I like that kind of um, it's another kind of way of kind of feeling like that, that, that energy or that return from people listening. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like it, it's, that's that's been a part of our radio experience since the beginning because that's that's just that's a part of the annual cycle at, at CKUT. This funding drive comes around, so we just throw ourselves into it. And, and outside of CKUT, we also have like our our hosting and stuff that's donated by listeners too, right? We kind of have a a side existence outside of we uh, of of CKUT. I don't know. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we've. We've, we've benefited, especially technically, like you say, like we've benefited a lot from, from listeners, uh, who, like, especially in the early days when we got started with streaming, like it mm -hmm. was not a trivial thing, you know, like to throw up a server and, and, uh, and do have a streaming radio station. Um, so like we definitely had some hookups from people back in the day who I guess had like some kind of an IT job. So like, okay, yeah, I can give you some space on this server or this and that. Like even just like, um, you know, you finding us on, on iTunes or, or, or Winamp or whatever, like, uh, like getting into the directory there was mm. kind of like one of the guys who was, who was kind of donating hosting for us. He's like, Oh, I know this guy, um, who, who's involved at, at Shoutcast. And it turns out it's like Tom Pepper, one of the, like one of the main guys who invented it, like over. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was part of like, you know, Nullsoft with, um, with Winamp and stuff. So like right. just this little kind of like, really lucky uh kind of moments like helped kind of sustain us and give us that technical platform uh another early early on thing was when we realized oh yeah we really kind of need playlists like it's good to have mixes but oh, always yeah, yeah what is the name of the songs man and like Some djs will not give you anything <laughs> well it's like you know there's, there's some effort it's part of the culture like covering yeah, labels that, and stuff we that respect too, that cover-ups um but yeah, like we, by the time we realized, okay, yeah, this is really something that should be part of our website. Um, we were like, uh, at least a couple hundred shows in. So it's like, okay, well, how do we go back and fill in all those playlists? Um, I think I had some old 
because we had the paper log sheets, right? Like when we were at, at the radio station, we had yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. log yep, yep. Uh, with, with the song names. And so I had some of those like kind of filed away in a box, but we had somebody put together, I think his name, Jonathan James or something, uh, yeah, yeah. who put together the We Funk Playlist project. Yeah. And it was like this kind of early... Crowdsource. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even before I knew that that was a name. Like, yeah, uh, it wasn't 10 years ahead. Um, and, and so like listeners would kind of, who, who were kind of like, you know, into that and really like invested in the idea of, of, of completing our playlist and maybe wanted mm-hmm. to like test their knowledge too, like of what they recognized, um, would all kind of pull together and like send in, okay, I recognize like, oh, show, you know, one, one ninety nine, like, uh, well, the first three songs are this, this, and this. And so like they put it together and I think you can, I don't know if it's still on our site, like with the current format, but like for a long time, uh, on those shows, it would say like playlist, you know, courtesy of the We Funk playlist. Yeah, 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 yeah. People would contribute it. Yeah. This is before Shazam. You have to know your stuff. Um, what, what about the touring? I know you guys, you know, did a lot of tours in Europe. Um, and how, how did, how did that come about? Man, I think one, one guy, like one, uh, Toby is the main guy I remember, uh, Keller yeah. brought us out to Switzerland and then, like people started seeing, oh, they, they're available for booking, and then especially Europe, like they re- people started reaching out um, heavy, like uh, from around like mid two thousands to for for about a ten year stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people reaching out, and then we started discovering pockets of like WeFunk listeners, and all like yeah, all these places. A lot of times, I, I didn't even think I would ever visit. And then it turned out like we already have like family on the ground. It's such a nice feeling. And, uh, there's like, I remember like just people who are as old, maybe the same age as the songs. They're like, I'm deep in the village, like, I don't know, in Eastern Europe. And they're as old as the song and they're mouthing, they, they're, they're, they know all the lyrics of like a nineties mob deep. Song, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's, it's, I mean, that, that cycle just keeps like <laughs> going on. See, when you listen to music on that level, when you don't even know what they're saying, but it it still resonates with you, it's it's another another experience, and I I love that. You can like when I hear about artists going, "Yeah, we just did a show in Japan, and they knew all of our songs," and I'm like, "And they don't Mm -hmm. speak English." Yeah, I love that. (laughs) But uh, uh, Groove, you came to South by Southwest in 2011. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I I think it was not officially a South by uh, show. It it was kind of, but it was during the time of. Yeah. um, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of who brought me down, but like that was that was super fun. Yeah, that was my my one experience like visiting visiting Austin. Let's see if I have. There you are. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not missing this show. When I saw you on the bill, oh, I remember I remember meeting you, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I, 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 I asked photo. you at first of all, I was like, holy shit, you're white. <laughs> he gets like, that a lot. <laughs> I'm like, wow! I am so this this. And you you played for like, uh, um, I think a couple hours, and you were flying yeah, back yeah. the next morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those in and out kind of kind of. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, please come back, please. Somebody <laughs> keep me your business card. Yeah, I think I still have it in my business card box. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the the feedback sticker. I have, I have your mm-hmm. picture with a feedback sticker. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was like, please come back, please, please. We need so no U.S. tours ever. I mean, I haven't seen any. So I mean, we've done U.S. dates, but like somehow it, it like it never quite came together for a tour the like the way that it did uh, in or Europe. In Europe, yeah. 
mm-hmm. I think like it like maybe it was maybe that that kind of says something about like people like uh, you know taste of like being into like a particular kind of angle on hip hop and funk that that, that yeah yeah that's true out there I think it's also and and also we're from further away right and they don't have you know uh, as many like we're from Canada right but like <laughs> it's adjacent to the U S so like it, you know it, it's maybe kind of feels like it's a little bit uh, closer to the source and and more exotic than than DJs that they have out there that are playing funk and hip hop. Like I, I, that's kind of one way that I've kind of thought about like how how we've like how excited people in Europe have been like booking us. And I think once we started going over, like because mm-hmm. uh, you know first Switzerland, I guess because like it was just kind of easier for them to budget the uh, have, flying us out just for a weekend of shows. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Then we started making the most of it. We were like, okay, well, could we stretch this out into two weeks? Um, and so, like all of those other places around Europe, that like they weren't going to have the wherewithal to like to to bring us out just for their show. If we're traveling around, then then it, it spreads the cost around. Yeah, you know, now, now that I think about it, just looking at the just in Texas, because um, I mean, I'm I'm in Austin, which you know has a you know a DJ culture, uh, but there's not a whole lot of how can I put this. Uh, I would say all encompassing, hey, it's going to be like hip hop, funk kind of format. We have a couple uh, like parties that do that, that actually do pretty well doing that. Um, but I feel like it, if you don't play what people are used to, it, it, it it's hard to like, uh, it's always like that. Like, like a lot of people are like, I don't even, that's why I love WeFug because I, I play on WeFug when I don't play out in clubs. Like I I do a lot of like regular club nights just like any other DJ, right? And yeah. play more familiar music. Like we fucking it's an outlet for everything except that. Man, for me. but I I'd love to see like a, a live we Yeah, Funk Europe show does though. too, yeah. No, seriously, because I mean I, this, this this is I'm I'm such a snob and people tell me all that, I'm like, hey back, why are you not dancing? And I'm like, Because I've heard back that I sub before. I'm I already donated, I'm done. Like give me, some, <laughs> give me something else, and even if and, and I grew up on dancehall too, right? And so any DJ that 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 I hear is like, okay, I'm gonna play Sister Nancy and then Bam Bam and then maybe you one or two Champagne records, right, and then right. get out of it and go back to you know you know Lil John or whatever the baby yeah. or Jolly Baby is doing. I'm like, okay, I, I'm give me something else. Like I, I and I, I understand, I understand the you know, I, I, um, I didn't talk to so many DJs over the years. I understand, like, okay, you play at a venue, you know, they're paying you to tell you, hey, don't play this, don't play that, you know, stay within this, you know, little silo of music. I, I get it. Um, but every once in a while, when you, you know, you've built your audience and now you kind of get, okay, now I can do whatever I want. I can, I can, you know, school them on this so I can come back to something more familiar. If depend, I mean, it's reading the crowd. That's, Pretty much uh, all it is on me to be reductive, but you know. But I'm like, I get it because I go to the, these shows and I'm like, they're not playing for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not the target demo here. I'm just happen to be here and I'm trying to best make the best out of it. And, and I'm very careful about what I'm going to dance to or what I'm going to jam to. Um, but I've never been to a show that I can think of other than the one you did when you came here, where you had that back and forth, mm. you know. You know, funk, hip hop, and hey, I'm gonna school you on this, and you play this one record, and you hear you hear people go, "Oh, okay, I've heard this before," and then boom, you drop the the song that everybody knows, and it's not a 
song that like, you know, uh, not necessarily on the radio or anything, but I, I, I think that there's definitely a place for it. And maybe it's not, maybe not in Texas, maybe in, probably in New York or Philly or Chicago, you know, or uh, over in LA, but I, I haven't seen that here. It maybe exists. I don't know. I just haven't seen it. And I'd be, I really, I'd be really curious to, to see. All I'm saying is you guys need to come down. Here. Yeah. Hey man, we, we're down, man. Let's, let's make it happen. That's, that's really all I'm trying to say. Or fuck it, I'll come up. I don't, I don't care, but I, I just gotta, I just gotta, I just gotta see it live. I gotta see it live. Um, but outside of we funk, like, what do you, what do you, what are you guys into? Well, when I moved out to Vancouver, I was uh, organizing the Vancouver Street Dance Festival. I was invited oh, to wow. DJ the first year, uh-huh. and then uh, I helped co-organize it for ten years. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an event that's super kind of organic, grassroots, grown to a pretty decent size, and now we we're like one of the livest kind of street dance events outdoor in the summer here. It's uh, good vibes, free, free. We get a lot of support, corporate um, and, and and government, and the community puts in pitches in a lot. And uh, we started from, yeah, shout out to the founders uh, Jesse and Boris too, uh, from Groovy G's. And uh, yeah, I'm handing off the the torch to myself after ten years, so a new crew's taking over, and some some of the older folks too. But uh, yeah, but it's a really fun festival. I, I've been involved with that. Pretty much since I landed in Vancouver. Nice. What about you, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like like playing out and and stuff like that. Like I, I haven't really been like like my my main kind of musical and DJing outlet has, has been We Funk like for the past couple of years. I guess like since like kind of pandemic or so. Uh, also like having like a young kid at home and stuff. Like I'm just not mm-hmm. really going out that much. So it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, that's that's my musical outlet. Like I have the day job, which kind of has like a musical connection in a way. Like I work in a in a research lab, uh, and so like they're studying like perception and music and stuff like that. So, um, so that's kind of like that's the, interesting. The size. Yeah, that's the, the professor side of the groove, I guess. <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask you how y'all get your names. Oh, 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 Nick. Like our real names, our government names. <laughs> oh, no, your parents did that. <laughs> Like Professor Groove, like where did that come from? Oh, um, I don't know. Like that was just kind of a name that that I had kind of kicking around. Like since, I guess, like from my high school days, or like when I was like, like trying to get people onto funk and like passing mixtapes around. Um, like somehow, like that that name floated. Like it was, I don't think I had like taken it on as my name, but like I, that it, it kind of came from those days. And then once we started the radio show, I was like, well, I need a name. Uh, so that that became did it. Did that come first or Groove Juicer? Your your early one. Groove Juicer? Uh yeah, the Groove Juicer. <laughs> <laughs> um Groove I th- Juicer. I think Oh man, I wanna see that logo. Um I'm trying to think like did the Groove Juicer come before we started We Funk in the first place? Yeah, I think Professor Groove came came first. No, I had this I had I had this website, the Groove Juicer, like back in the early days of the, of the internet, like the Geo City's website. <laughs> yeah, We're ourselves it, origi- here. originally it was, and then it went on to this other kind of like <laughs> lesser known, uh, lost to the, the cobwebs of time, uh, web host, like shared hosting site called uh, NetTown or something like that. So it was like nettown.com slash Groove Juicer was the URL. Uh, no longer exists. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like, it was a funk site, like, uh, where 
it was mainly kind of like links, uh, you know, cause there were like back in the days, there were a lot of like link sites where you just kind of put you know, around your area of interest, like you, um, kind of link out to other sites. So that was part of it. Uh, I think like, I had some people, I tried to have like articles, um, that didn't really take off, uh, as much as I hoped. And I don't know, there was some other part of it that went for a few years. And then like I was just putting more of my time and energy into WeFunk and the Groove Drew series was just kind of becoming a place where I would post the WeFunk mixes. And so like we just started the WeFunk website and that became, that became my home base. Oh, but you know, the, the website building started a little bit before the WeFunk website. Right, right. What about you, Static? Was Static your first choice? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was kind of, I remember like this is going back to like the junior high, like we're saying, like maybe by high school, I, I met, I got, uh, saved up to get, uh, DJ equipment and the early mixer was like a, a shitty, like, uh, Radio Shack one or something. And the, the fader was super staticky. Like after, like I was like using it a lot at, at that time. I, at time I was just practicing. It was like every time I cut, it was like, shh, shh. And then I, I just like, okay, <laughs> DJ static. It, it was just, there's no more. Oh, that. wow. Okay. And that's I was just like, cause I, look, man, I, I've heard some corny. Oh, yeah, first DJ names, but that's dope, man. If you came up with that first, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it's not an amazing story, but yeah. But like the, I was I was telling uh, Static before we you came on, like, like I have a I have a four year old, almost right. five, and I'm starting. Well, I've started his like musical education, and I am. Like I'm on it. Like he's uh he goes to bed listening to James Brown. Uh he's like and I quiz him all the time in the car and I'm <laughs> all the time. I, I play something. We folks should be fun. This is a course. I'm not I'm not playing. I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm like, no, you you can listen to Baby Shark, all that stuff. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show you some stuff. And so uh, Aquiza, he'll request song in, songs in the car and be like, hey, you know, uh, James Brown, Michael, Stevie, uh, he loves X, I was telling he loves Exxon Middleton. Right. Um, uh, and if the hip hop, I'm, I'm slowly working my way because, you know, because we don't play clean stuff, edits. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him to go to his mom and be like, fuck the police. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So and I, I, it started with whoop, there it is. And then boom, shake the room. Uh, he loves intergalactic. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's and so I'm that. starting all the, like he was the, the robot from the Beastie Boys from the intergalactic video for Halloween. Like he, oh, he's nice. honest. Yeah, wow. yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't, I don't play because you know, it, it, it starts young. And when you're, when you're around that age, like those are like, you know, formative years when you're just a sponge and you just absorb everything and i want him to be you know as as well-rounded musically not just from uh the different genres but also you know there's french music as well that i get to play like there's tomae and all those guys um and so yeah i'm i'm, I'm so excited because like you'll hear me be like uh uh what is it what's the intro you're listening to w-e-f-u-n-k better known as like <laughs> He knows what's coming. <laughs> no, like it's it's great, man. It's great. I'm really, really happy for you guys and all your all your success. And I 
I, I, I can't thank y'all enough. Seriously. Uh, I'm sure you get that a lot from people all over the world. Uh, at this point, it's like, uh, when, when you're part of somebody's life for so long, especially something as important and critical as music, um, it's, it's, it, it, it says something. So, um, I'm gonna sit here and, and shed a tear a little bit. <laughs> no, but I, I was wondering, so do you, um, outside of the music, do you, what do, what do you guys do? Do you, uh, like for fun? I'm like, count. huh? Oh, for fun? Yeah. Outside of music? Yeah. Man, music, like, it takes up all available time. Like, <laughs> it's all, for me. really? No it's video like games, it. no anime, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, a lot of my friends, like, I'm not into gaming. Like, I spend, and I find I don't even have enough time. I want to be, like, cutting more, practicing more at home. Like, it's, it, yeah, it eats up my, my time pretty much. I'm, I'm one-track mind when it comes to music. You do that? Yeah, my, my, my greatest pleasure is listening to music. And, and like, you know, I love, I love, like, the, the, the discovering of music. And so, like, it's just a lot of listening. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, my, my family, like, sees me with my headphones on a lot. <laughs> Although, otherwise, they're going to have to tell me to turn, turn down the stereo. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> but but it's, it's funny, like, you were, you were talking about um, your son. My, my, my son's almost six. And uh, just this summer, I pulled out, like, one of my old MP3 players mm-hmm. um, and kind of loaded it up with some music and got him, like, some cheap headphones. So, like... Um, you know, I'm not going to push too hard on like, you got to listen to this, you got to listen to that. Cause I think like, you know, maybe that makes it less fun for him, but like he, um, yeah, I, I loaded it up. I had fun kind of asking some friends to like, okay, well, what, what would you recommend like put on, uh, in the music selection for a kid? Like something that's going to be fun, like appropriate lyrics. So he's not going to ask me awkward questions about what something means. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's a, there's a fine line there, man. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, terrible. for sure, for sure. Like, there's some Jackson Five on there. There's oh like, yeah, like, yeah. But a whole bunch of like break, old breakerstra tracks, like just stuff. Like, so he hears hears it and he can kind of get into his bloodstream a bit, and then he can decide what he likes after. Oh yeah, I mean, de- definitely. I, I know I sounded like a dictator earlier, but I, I'm, just, I'm, tra- I'm trying to expose him to the because if it's, no, but just, it's important like, to us, and so like you want you want them to like to feel it, right? Well, yeah, exactly. But I'm like, look, you can be a fan of whatever. If you end up listening to heavy metal, I I don't care. But I want you to know there's there's other stuff out there. So we'll play some Black Sabbath and some Queen and you know some Offspring or whatever. Um, but I you know at that age usually it's just you know nursery rhymes and and kid shows. I'm like, you're already, you, you're going to get those regardless. That's, that's not the point. I'm trying to show you the broad spectrum of music that's out there. And then you're going to inherit my entire music collection. So <laughs> I'm trying to prepare you for that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I would comment up well, about an hour in, uh, do you have a dope shit to share? A show, uh, a book, uh, an artist, a YouTube channel, yeah, I got something. Yeah, actually, a YouTube channel. Um, you know, one of the things that I kind of stumbled on recently, like I think it's been around for a while, but this guy John Manship, who's a, like a record seller out of the UK, mm-hmm. uh, and so like, and and I think like a pretty prominent one. Like if like if you're really kind of a digger in in especially like sixties, seventies, and and especially like Northern Soul, uh, he's really into. He's got a YouTube channel, um, and he's like a Northern Soul guy from like back in the day for real, um. And so, like, I just, like, found it really fascinating because, like, I'm as deep as I am into funk and soul, like, Northern Soul, like, I know it superficially, but I don't know, like, all the big classics or, like, what what makes it tick. So he's got, like, all these records, all these, like, videos about rare, rare records, 
uh, how to tell like the bootlegs from the real issues, how to fix old cracked records, uh, mm-hmm. like really like record geek material, but like, <laughs> um, and like just the flavor of like, yeah, no, I mean, he's got like a, he's got that like old guy who was in it kind of personality. So, uh, like, I love to kind of like see him break stuff down in his, in his videos. Um, uh, so that, that's one thing. And then like, just, I've been like rediscovering, like, this is not new for anyone, but sure. rediscovering Wax Poetics magazine. Um, okay. you know, especially because like from time to time, uh, like we do, we like tribute, uh, mixes on we funk like when yes we, yes i was yeah you know the greats are are are, are passing uh mm-hmm. and so like we you know we try to salute um some of them in in, in mixes and so i like i always want to kind of say something and, and sound educated especially on the ones like where i'm kind of like really discovering their depth or their story uh in putting it together so like i always find myself reaching for wax poetics to see if like there's an article or an interview there like, um, you know, we did like them to me, uh, tribute a while back or Patrick Adams. I learned a lot from, from that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wax poetics, man. Like that's, uh, I don't, I don't think I like appreciated it so much at the time when they were coming out, like with new issue, new issue, new issue. Um, mm-hmm. like, man, it's, it's like it's an encyclopedia, man. Yeah. I I love to that point. I love the shows where, who are the, those guys, uh, Duke Eat Eatman? Eatman. Yeah. Yo, those shows. Legend. Man, the Michael show. There was a Michael one. There was a Prince one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was there was Stevie Wonder. One. I think. Huh? We do a, we did a Stevie Wonder like living living. Yeah. Kind of there was another one with the dude who talked about like dancing. I forgot which episode it was, but he broke down like the dude who was doing locking and everything. Okay, yeah. 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 That was yeah. So that was uh, one of our I think it was one of our anniversary shows, um, and so. We did, there were two interviews in that one. Yeah, Scramble Lock, uh, who like around Montreal is like one of the guys who's like been pushing, locking like super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like he really broke it down, like the, the history, of, like Don Campbell Lock Jr. and, and, and all of that. Uh, and then, um, there was, uh, an interview on the breaking side with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Buddha, uh, from, um, Ottawa. Yeah, from Ottawa, a Canadian floor masters. Yeah, yeah, like, like o- yeah. OG, 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 like of, of yeah, uh, from the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, doing and, thing. and you know that's one of those guys, like kind of like kind of like Duke, like who 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 loves to tell a story and has a lot of. Them. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he got much. into it, man. He got into it. I yes, you really did. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a big. I love music documentaries. Uh, I, I, I watch them all. Uh, but anytime somebody comes on and starts telling a story behind a song or behind. Uh, an album, how it was recorded, um, or just like you know the story of the artist himself. Like I, I, I love those shows. Now with podcasts, there's a lot of those out there that just go back the childhood of CL Smooth, like from his mouth, talking about how he grew up, how he met uh, Pete Rock, and uh, you know his childhood, how he started rapping, and got his first record deal, and so I love that stuff. So yeah, those those shows when you bring in Duke, it, oh my God, so good. I had a lot of fun just to kind of like um, put a period on that one. Like the, uh, especially the, um, like the, the interview with, with Buddha. Um, I had a lot of fun putting together the music for that, like the, the soundtrack behind it um, because his stories, stories were like, so like dramatic and exciting. So like to try and match and, and like, you know, with, with like the twists and turns of his story, like (laughs) music behind and pick out like, cause it was all, like a lot of kind of classic b-boy breaks but like try, trying to find a way to weave it in so it could even just keep up with the energy of his stories was was super fun yeah those are great those are great anytime i can i can learn about music history that's just 
I love it. What about you, Static? What's your dope shit? Man, I, I, uh, one of my favorite, like, the, one of the most reliable, like, uh, radio stations outside of WeFunk that I tuned into is Speed Miners Radio. They got a lot of dope DJs. Speed Miners got a radio show? Yeah, they've been doing it for, like, I think at least 20 years, too. Yeah, Beat Miners, they got, like, they got the main guys, of course, I think, uh, yeah, Evil D, Mr. Walt, uh, up on there, but they got a crew of really solid DJs from, from, like, the tri-state area. Um, yeah, just, like, really kind of New York, the essentials, they play a lot of, like, uh, funk, soul, hip hop, all the, the boom bap, like, the new current stuff coming out, they, they got all that. Um, so yeah, I check them a lot. They're, they're definitely one of my source, main sources of music. And, uh, like we mentioned before too, Bandcamp is a hidden gem. Like I, I can't, like, <laughs> I can't stress enough how, how amazing it is. A lot of good independent music and it still has, uh, the man hasn't gone to it. So it still has a, a lot of like mashups and blends, uh, floating around on there. Hopefully it stays that way. Nice. Nice. Uh, I have two, uh, one, not music related, but, uh, Gangs of London. If you guys watch that, uh, listening out there on Prime, I believe season two. If you haven't watched season one, it's it like, I'm picky about the shows I watch, but in terms of storytelling and action and just character development, I know that sounds cliche, but it, it's up there. So Gangs of London. Uh, season two is on uh, Prime right now. And music-wise, uh, there's a great documentary, I think, that PBS put out called Sound Breaking. Have you heard of that one? Well, that rings a bell. I don't it's think about, it's, just, it's basically the story behind, like, the art of recording from the 50s all the way to today. Oh, wow. So they break down, for example, how the Beatles recorded their albums and what what it was like, how do you recreate the live sound in the studio? And how do you put, you know, are you going to have, you know, one drummer, two drummers? Like, how are you going to organize that? And it goes through, um, like, how do you record a voice? Somebody like a Michael Jackson or Amy Winehouse. Like, how do you take that voice and then put it on a record? Uh, it also talks about how Stevie Wonder discovered his sound. Uh, by talking to some like computer engineers who made music with computers and uh, and stuff like that, and it talks about MP3s and music videos and all of that. So uh, I think you'd have to like get on YouTube TV or something like that or Voodoo, one of those like channels that nobody cares about. But look up Soundbreaking. We can download it somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, Soundbreaking uh, stories of uh, cutting edge. What's the full? I forgot the full. Hold on, I gotta look it up quick. I'll just look up sound breaking. It will come up. Uh, so great doc about, uh, music recording. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my dope shit. All right. Uh, where can people find you? All that good stuff. Oh, it's easy. Wefunkradio.com. That's it. That's it. Radio.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I thought you got the shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was going to wear mine, but good thing I did. No, no, no. I got, I got to. I got to. I got to. I got to rep. I got to represent for you guys. Yeah. I got to represent. That. So, yeah. com. Any uh, shows or residencies or anything you got going on? Maybe they're coming, uh, you know, for the new year or anything like that? 
Well, I, I got a residence in Vancouver called Class of 94. It's mostly like 90s hip hop, R&B, uh, reggae. Um, that's at Calabash Bistro. 10 years running, still going strong. Uh, yeah, the vibe's amazing there. So first Friday every month, check us out at Calabash. Nice. Move. Uh, catch me on the next We Funk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always there. Yeah. So with, with your poems and all that, man, I, I love it. I love it. But by, by the way, I want to say, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, this is a dream come true and I'm not bullshitting here. This is the last episode of the year. So I thought that end with a bang and I'm okay. really glad that, uh, you guys took the time to do this. Uh, I, I want to say keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it right. We know? will. <laughs> and, you know, People over the world are, you know, tuning in. I'm putting as many people as I can on my end, you know, 20 years running. Uh, and all the best. I, I'm so glad that you guys are out there doing your thing and educating people on, on music, funk, soul, breaks. And yeah. <laughs> what else to say? Thank you. Man. I'm so, I'm serious, man. I'm serious. I think, you know, prosper, like spreading the word, like, you know, it's really like that kind of word of mouth is, is, is like, you know, the common story of like everyone we bump into, like, you know, we funk is kind of like, uh, we've, we've gotten our sound out to many different places, but like, it's, yeah, people love it. They tell someone else and that, that's how it all spreads. It's that simple, folks. That's y'all been my dope shit, like pretty much. Every- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, check out the you know static Spotify playlist. Oh yeah, the last the last we funk <laughs> episode was dope. Go check that out because I'm yeah no nobody else does it like you guys. So I I again I'm honored to speak to you guys and keep doing what yeah, you like. Yeah, thank you. Man. All right, guys, thank you so much. Talk to you next time. Ciao. ciao.